Hello everyone, in today's episode I'm joined with Lauren and, and Lauren has Crohn's disease and in today's episode we're going to be um, hearing about her journey and then and she's going to be speaking about her experience with Crohn's and all the wonderful things she does to raise awareness for Crohn's. So thank you Lauren for joining me today. Thank you, no I'm really excited. Um, so I suppose just to introduce myself as well, um, my name's Lauren and I'm 25 years old. I live in the northeast of England uh, with my partner and my little pup and I also work for the NHS in children's mental health services. Oh, that, 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 that's really good that you work for like the, uh, like helping with um, mental health as well. Yeah, I think it gives me kind of a good insight into my own mental health and how to cope and also just what it might be like for other people as well living with a chronic health condition because yeah. yeah, mental health is a, a big impact isn't it with like Crohn's and, 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 and chronic illness absolutely yeah and I think it, it kind of comes alongside the diagnosis doesn't it that everything just becomes a little bit more difficult yeah yeah it's, it's like do you do, do, do you find um like it's quite hard getting told that you you had Crohn's like um like the first off it was a bit of a shock to me because um I suppose I got told I had Crohn's in a really untypical way so I had appendicitis um in January of 2018 and by the time that my appendix was removed it burst and there was an abscess and I was quite poorly and after the surgery the the surgeon consultant whoever came to see me and said oh it's not on your medical records but how long have you been diagnosed with Crohn's disease for and I went I don't have Crohn's disease and he went yeah you do and um, so obviously I had kind of colonoscopies and, and blood tests after that to get a formal diagnosis but it was very overwhelming to hear especially when I was already poorly with something else it was just it was a really bizarre way to find out yeah yeah, then especially them saying that, like, how long have you had Crohn's before? Like, I acted like that. You already know that you have Crohn's, but that is a, a a bit, a bit, a bit strange, isn't it? It was. It was really bizarre at the time, um, and then I remember kind of being rushed through, like, calling. I didn't have to wait long for a diagnosis, which is a big plus of that experience because I know a lot of people do. But then it was just kind of a fast track to getting that formally in place. It was really strange. Yeah, it's it is like I think I think it's hard to get a diagnosis, but it's it's good when you do because you know what's like happening and, and going on. Yeah, and I think even with my experience, although it was very strange. I, I kind of count myself as one of the lucky people because I've heard absolute horror stories of getting diagnosis and it can take years or even decades for some people of, of having symptoms and an illness and then having no answers. So although it was really strange, I'm, I'm quite lucky compared to a lot of people, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, like I, I'll say I got diagnosed quite, quite, quite fast as well. Like um, when I got diagnosed, it um it didn't it probably mm. take about maybe a few weeks so it didn't take a lot yeah. long but yeah I know what you mean like it was some people they they take some years to get a diagnosis and it's it's, it's hard because you can easily get misdiagnosed with something else yeah usually IBS isn't it uh, that was something I had before I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease so I'd always had kind of I suppose Crohn's like symptoms 
but never serious enough to for it to be suggested that I had IBD rather than IBS. So I think I think I had Crohn's for a lot longer than maybe I thought I had Crohn's for, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean because it, it's kind. Of, you think like like it can't just like like the Crohn's can't just sprung like that and then get a diagnosis. You probably have had it maybe a while beforehand, and maybe you just noticed it now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, because I, um, when I got diagnosed, I, uh, I lost quite a lot of weight, and um, at first, mm-hmm. like, um, I think what brought it on was not made, like get eventually having pain, and and the pain impacted on seeing what was wrong, and then because um, I, um, like for it's 2017 I got diagnosed, so through that year I noticed like some, something was wrong well m- more my family did that rather than me because um like I lost a lot of weight and then, and then I started eating not eating things and, and that's where I kind of noticed it and then getting pain while eating things as well which it's not uh it's not normal but yeah it, I think once you get diagnosed you kind of get a grip what Crohn's is and then you learn about it and then you've um I suppose you have the, the courage to speak about it to other people Yeah, and I think there's so much to actually learn about it as well. I mean, like when you hear your Crohn's disease and you hear it's a lifelong condition, there's so much more to it than kind of a toilet issue. And I think that's something that definitely surprised me after my diagnosis and when I started to get quite poorly with it was it was it was so much more than what I maybe thought it was or what the stigma around the illness is in the general community, really. Um, it's It's a lot more than... Than that to me and to you as well and to everyone else who has the illness yeah yeah I think it's like I think talking about it it, it helps it helps like it the more you talk about it the more you get to know more about it I suppose because like you speak to different people that have it and that they will go through like like it'd be maybe you may have similar things like I found that different people have crimes maybe on a similar medication or or may have fatigue as well and uh, and stuff like that so and there will be like other things like um like different medications people may be on but I think I think that's good when you find someone that is that just has the same condition as you so you maybe don't feel as alone as you maybe were when you was diagnosed I think so. And I think in general, the IBD kind of, I always say like forward slash ostomy community, because that's something that I have now as well. Um, And just having people around you to answer questions and share your experience and learn from, I think generally it's a really nice community to be a part of. I haven't had a bad experience with the IBD community yet. Everyone's so kind and helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they are, they're all, they're all really kind. I, I haven't come across any, um, anyone that has Crohn's or IBD that are they come across as a mean person so um they are but they're helpful aren't they like if you're struggling or you feel something's up like like you can maybe get some support from people in the in the, in the community 
yeah I think that's been invaluable to me really especially more recently um, I'm part of a couple of like support groups where we message back and forth if we've got any issues and if I put something on my Instagram story people kind of reply to that and offer support and advice and guidance and sometimes it's more just about people giving me the opportunity to vent or have a bit of a rant about it because we all know it's not a very nice position to be in and I think it's just it's been invaluable really to to me being able to manage the condition yeah yeah it's it's, it's hard to I suppose hard to talk to someone about it if they don't understand it and it, it's hard to explain Crohn's isn't it like to someone that is unaware or you know not sure about it like uh like I'm more than happy to speak about it to someone but if um it depends if they if they want to know about it or they, if they, they want to listen so it's it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to explain it to anyone really but um I think that's part of having it isn't it it is and I, I always talk about kind of educating others and people who don't have the illness but then at the same time it's it's almost impossible to describe like you say I've I do a lot of kind of speaking to my friends about it and what it's like and I suppose trying to break that stigma around that it's a toilet issue when I talk now about the kind of symptoms that I get and how severe it can be but unless they've lived it they're still not going to fully understand it and that's not their fault but I think like I found that like people maybe have heard of Crohn's disease maybe like you'll find maybe more that like um like let's say like my, like my friend has Crohn's disease that um came across a person the other day that said that they, they, they know someone has Crohn's disease but I think yeah it's, it's hard because it's all on the inside isn't it like um like you, although there are aspects outside your body but like like for example like the pain and like the information is inside and, and people can't see that and if they were to see that it can maybe be much easier for us to maybe explain because the same information is already inside inside your body that it will be yeah be much easier but it's hard because they can't see that no you're totally right and I think it's just like you say it's all hidden isn't it and we feel that pain and we see the blood results with our inflammation markers through the roof and we're the ones who end up in hospital but unless you actually see someone in a hospital bed it's hard to realise how sick they actually are and I remember uh, having a conversation with one of my best friends and she was really honest and she said god I had no idea that Crohn's could make you this poorly I'm like, yeah, it can, but obviously it's hard to describe that and it's even more hard to, to see that because it's not just the toilet disease that everyone thinks that it is, so. No, no it's not, is it? It's, it's just it's much more than going to the toilet, but toilet is a, yeah. it's a big part of it as well. But um, like I think if you, like, if you say to someone, they, they, they would just, they would say it's a toilet disease. If you just spoke to someone that, didn't know much about it and they heard of it that, that, that normally it's either um a toilet uh, condition um yeah which which isn't 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 great when people presume those kind of things but um yeah i i toilet it's it's not ideal like for people to go to the toilet all the time but um like like it's just it's it's hard isn't it it is and that's why it's good that you have kind of this podcast and and that we've like reached out to each other because it's just it's a chance to educate and inform others isn't it yeah which is good 
Yeah, it's. I think. I think that is the the highlight of meeting people in the community, isn't it? That you, you get yeah. to understand them a, a little bit, and and um, you know that we will always stand each other because we got the same. We got we we got the same condition, and um, yeah. Although I, I actually don't have a bag, like um, which um at, at the moment I say, um, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I might one day, um, but um. But yeah, I, I I haven't had one, and um, like I I I speak I speak to I speak to quite a lot of people that do have one. Um, yeah. And um, like including you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, and and, and I, they tell me they tell me about their bag, and then I I I I, I do like seeing people that um like show awareness towards like having a bag as well. Because I was like that, that. That can be quite hard, I think, because I know Crohn's disease is one thing, but having maybe a bag, or, or like I feel like it's, it's another thing on top of having a, a chronic illness. Because I suppose it can be quite hard, and and like like like, like people on social media show their bags, and like um in my head, I I think I don't know if I could do that if I had one, but because I yes. suppose it's quite hard, and then but it, if it's just like the Crohn's community, like. Um, that, that, that's one of the reasons I made a current account or throw to answer that because I know like I didn't want to do it on my my personal account because I know like maybe some of my friends or I see that and not many people that have Chromes and, and stuff like that so mm. th- that, that's a reason to make an account to raise awareness because like do people do do like uh, judge you um, which uh, yeah. isn't nice no, it's not. And I completely relate to kind of everything that you've said there. I mean, obviously, I made my Instagram account for Crohn's and endostomy awareness after I ended up getting my bag because I thought maybe it's not something that the people in my personal life will want to see, but then they've always got that option there. And as well with kind of showing your bag, it's never something that I'd plan to do. It's really strange. Um, Because I know a lot of people, I see a lot of girls, especially on Instagram, who do show off their bag and I think, oh, power to them, like it's really inspiring. But then I also think about the other side of it where, like you say, what if people don't want to and how does that make them feel? Like, is that what they should be doing? Should they be on Instagram showing their bag? It's, It's really a tricky position to be in. And all I would say is do what makes you happy and feel comfortable. And honestly, like my mind, on how I feel about it changes every day. One day I'll feel comfortable posting it. The next day I'll pick an outfit that like hides it as much as possible. So I'm I'm in a bit of a journey at the minute of, am I accepting of it? Am I not? Um, it wasn't something that was planned for me. It happened overnight. So um, I'd kind of gone into hospital and I was really poorly. I had some fistulas and an extreme like blockage. And I had about 24 hours to come to terms with the fact that I was going to have an ostomy bag. So it was um, very unplanned and I had no idea how I would actually deal with that. So I kind of take it day by day at the minute because it was only October that I actually ended up going through with that. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. Like like even just creating an account, I suppose, to to tell other people about it because like, I suppose you don't know everyone who, who follows. Yeah. Um, uh, that would be a tough thing. Like, like you can, anyone can see it. So I suppose you've got to think about what you want to, what you want to post. Like, um, yeah. like, like, uh, it, it's hard just, but it's also good to tell other people about your, 
your condition, which raises awareness for them. And you, you never know, there might be, uh, I'm sure there are people that don't have Crohn's um, and who just want to learn about it, who do, who do yeah. want to see a journey. And like, um, and unfortunately, the journey will, won't stop. Um, it, even if there was a cure for Crohn's mm-hmm. one day, I, I, I would still want to raise awareness for it. Just to say, it's still, it's still there. Um, but yeah, but it'd be nice if there was a cure within it. <laughs> I know, and apparently there is a vaccine coming, but like you say, it's like, when will that come out? How effective will it be? We've still lived our lives with this illness and it's taken, you know, parts of our lives and parts of us away, like sometimes physically and like getting your bowel removed, but mentally and, and plans that you've missed out on and things you've had to consider. I'm off work at the moment um, obviously like recovering from the operation and getting used to my ostomy and I love my job I, I want to go back and it's taken it's taken that away from me really a lot of plans I've had to miss out on because of this illness that the only explanation I've got or like excuse that I've got to miss those plans is my chronic illness has flared up again so it's it's taken a lot away from us and I don't want people to ever forget that really yeah yeah it has like like um, you don't want it. I suppose as much as a cure would be nice, but like at the same time, you still wanna, you don't want to forget it. Like 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 the crimes and part of, like I, I like, like, you feel like it's the worst thing ever when you're diagnosed, and especially if you're in the flare, um, and you're yes. not, and you're in a lot of pain, and you you think, what have I, why, who made me have this? Like, what have I done to deserve it? And then, then you think, um. Right. it's okay to have because you can deal with it and you can find ways of dealing with it and um and we we, we can uh, and then you choose right awareness and then and then you think it's a really good thing and then like mm-hmm. uh, like i remember having a, a colonoscopy and my first one i had um when i got diagnosed and had um to drink and every 15 minutes and i felt like yeah. I felt like I've been sick. Well, what I, I wanted to be sick, but I kind of said to my to, to my mum, I'm getting poisoned here because it takes me 15 minutes to, to drink one, the one yeah one bit, and then and then and then she comes over. Oh, you got to drink this bit now. Well, you might just finish this one. I don't want another I one. I know, but um, <laughs> yeah. No, the colonoscopy prep is brutal. Like absolutely brutal. I know that I've got one coming up, kind of when my insides heal from this off they've said they want to do another one and I am dreading the prep for it it's oh it's absolutely awful it's worse than the actual procedure like it truly is it's awful but I think it is one of them things as well where like we say like why has it happened to me what's going on but it's as cringy as it sounds I think it does make you a stronger person just having to deal with it and then when you if you do go on to choose to raise awareness about it I do think that that's really brave and takes a lot of strength and um, it's something that I never did before you know October of this year I didn't have an Instagram account I wasn't really raising awareness I used to laugh off my illness a lot actually with my friends at the time like I would talk about it and there'd be this running joke in the group like oh Lauren's talking about our Crohn's again Lauren have you got Crohn's disease and I'd kind of laugh along and be like oh yeah ha ha and actually it's not funny like I have to the reason I talk about it all the time is because I have to deal with it every day and think about it every day because it has a huge impact on my life but 
that was partly my fault as well because I was encouraging those jokes to make light of it it's not anything to be made light of at all I think I've realized that like god the past two years more than anything but especially this year it's been absolutely horrendous <laughs> it's been awful this year just had so much to deal with and so much to get used to it's been really hard yeah it does that doesn't it like having having crime you just don't know you, you just don't know when you can have like good times and bad times like um like uh, I suppose like well like with laughing about it that you can there are times where you can laugh but there are times where you can't like you can have yeah. a, a little joke about it like, like um I can't like I can't do certain things and, and stuff like that and Maybe go and sleep at heart, like midday because <laughs> you're tired. Yeah. Um, uh, I find that when I go out for walks, if I like, I, I just get, I go home, have a nap, and then I'm awake and then and then night. So um, it's yes. not ideal, but um, no, it's not, is it? But um, yeah, it's at least I've had a maybe an extra hour of sleep that I wouldn't have had. But um, but yeah, it, it, it's hard. Like um, it, it is hard. Like I, I had a procedure, um, just to check. Um, I I I osteopathy, um, and I had that just to check how things were going. Um, um, like like consultant and I didn't want to do like the whole one. I had because um, they just thought I didn't need to, and then I had it done. Um, I had uh, I think mm-hmm. I had l- laughing gas with that. And um, yeah. uh, I didn't really laugh, so I was thinking why they call me laughing. Say, <laughs> <laughs> I um, bet you weren't giggling too much at that, really. <laughs> uh, I was talking to the guy who, who was holding it for me and saying, um, what's your name? I was asking all sorts of questions. Um, and then I, I, said to, I said to the guy, and I think I, I, I said something to, to, to the guy who was doing it. Um, I can't remember now, but um, it probably come back to me, but... It, it was like because when I had the chylosophy, I had um, sedation, and I couldn't have sedation mm. this time because um, I ate in the morning. <laughs> but um, oh I, no! But um, I want I didn't want to have sedation anyway because um, mm. I wanted to have the laughing gas this time because it's not the whole one. Like a lot of the chylosophy, mm. it's the it's, it's like the whole. seeing most of it with a sigmoidoscopy is, is kind of not as much as lately kind of speed does so yeah i i had that um um it felt weird um i, I bet did, it did i did feel weird but uh um i looked in the camera <laughs> and see what i did um but um, <laughs> but, but, but like because um it was i think like because i i i'm in like i i have to sign these forms now because like i'm classes an adult now so <laughs> I have yeah. to um I, well, I didn't sign them I, I I looked and well I did sign them but, and my dad was there as well and he signed them as well but and then and and then they they, they, they read me all the risks that you might like you may need an operation if something goes wrong a pipe goes up somewhere the thing you tell me that for <laughs> I know and then and you're then like I'd rather not know yeah, Just, if yeah, you're gonna yeah. do it anyway don't tell me <laughs> yeah like I know there's risks with anything we have like even medication there's gonna be risks with anything but um uh, in my head I was thinking don't, don't tell me that I don't want to know that I know. I, I, I know possibility but um but and then um 
And then I said, what? I'm going surgery now, am I? <laughs> and said, um, we, there's, there's always a chance. Um, and then it was done. It was done okay. Like, the worst bit yeah. was the tube in and out. Uh, and a little bit in the middle and been comfortable. But um, but it's it's just, uh, like, but you get worried about, whenever you have a procedure, you, you probably get worried about before it happens. And then when the day it comes, you probably panic a little bit. And then um, yeah. when it's done, you might be panicking a little bit, like uh, uh, because like with the uh, laughing gas, it has like like a, a, a I think a drug in it that make you feel kind of like high and not hyper. Um, and yeah. I uh, I kept wanting it, <laughs> even though if I weren't in pain, I just kept wanting it. And then um, yeah. I, and then because that because I'm only supposed to have it if I'm in a little bit of pain and. The guy said, uh, "What are you in pain?" I said, "What I should have said is, um, no, I, 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 no, I, what I mean, what I should have said is, yeah, I am in pain, but I didn't. I said, no, I, I just want it because uh, I, I like having it. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then because I wasn't, I, I just put in and out, in and out. I wasn't like, because you have to breathe in and out before yeah. you you put it in and out. So I was kind of just wanting it and wanting it and wanting it. But um, luckily, it didn't last too long. Last about fifteen minutes." Yeah, um, I think when you're in there, last it feels like it's longer than that. It does, and I feel like everything you've just said there, like there was lots of parts of it where you've clearly tried to like in that situation when you're in a really, really horrible, you're getting a horrible procedure done. You'd rather be anywhere else but on the hospital table, and like yet you're still kind of injecting humor into that, and like you say, like it is really important. And I think we are really good as a general community of laughing at things that aren't funny really <laughs> like and making jokes of really horrible experiences that we have to go oh I know when um when I was recently in hospital in October obviously I had that blockage didn't I and I was like really bunged up I hadn't been to the toilet in about a week and I kept on walking around and to every single person that came to my bed I was going yeah I've been told I'm full of shit before but they've never meant literally and like <laughs> I thought it was the funniest joke to enter 2021 and obviously it was rubbish <laughs> every single person that came to my bed I was telling that to and the nurses were looking at me like that's really not funny like you're really poorly I'm going well just how you deal with it isn't it it's how you've got to deal with it sometimes yeah yeah you've got to, got, to, got to try and make a joke down there yeah yeah either uh, laugh or you cry I think sometimes yeah. yeah it's it's like Crohn's like you can't all be like sad and gloomy can you like you got like all those you've got to be sad like like yeah you don't know what's going to happen but it's just it's just that isn't it like it's it's, it's hard to uh not laugh at <laughs> I know I think I think we are good at when times are bad like I've had me sad days as well like a lot and it's been really tough but if you feel like you're in the mood mood to be light-hearted about it and to be able to crack a joke like that I think it, it takes a lot of strength and I think it it, it helps you get through as well in a way because sometimes the reality is just too scary to accept sometimes I yeah. think yeah it's, it's pretty uh yeah, like well, I think some like people do do make jokes and try and not talk about just to like not bring the, the subject up, which like, people do do and uh, just because they're embarrassed or maybe they just don't want to talk about which, which is it. It's why we're we're speaking today to try and make people do that, like to try and make people speak. Like that doesn't have to be like like to don't have to tell everyone. You can maybe tell one person and that that, yeah. that, that that's enough. Yeah. 
I think just having someone that you can talk to and you can confide in, someone that can kind of read your mood before you have the conversation, you know, like, is it going to be lighthearted? Do you need to vent? Do you need to cry? Like, all of these things are completely normal when you have such a horrible illness. So having someone to talk to is really important, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, like, wh- 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 when was you diagnosed, Lauren, with, uh, with cramps? I was diagnosed in 2018, so March 2018. My appendectomy was in the January, and then I was diagnosed in the March um, and I was doing my master's degree at the time. So I ended up kind of missing quite a lot because master's degree are only a year long. So I ended up missing quite a lot of that master's really just getting diagnosed and then being in and out of hospital. And it was it was really strange because I'd never been in hospital for Crohn's before I got diagnosed. And it's almost like the reality of getting my diagnosis, my Crohn's got really severe, really quickly. Um, It's kind of activated itself. And then from then I was in and out of hospital like twice a year until now, really. So I haven't been diagnosed that long. I was 21 at the time and I'm 25 now. So four years. Yeah. Not that long, really. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that long, does it? Like, I, I was diagnosed... 20, 2017 like I've asked, asked yeah. about it before and yeah I didn't speak I didn't want to I didn't speak about it really that much um mm-hmm. because I, I didn't I didn't I, well I did when I needed to like like because I spoke to school when because I, I, I was 16 but then he turned 17 yeah. um 16 17 I was so um it doesn't seem long ago but like 2017 but a few years ago isn't it <laughs> but um but yeah it, it's like because I, I had exams uh, at that time and I couldn't go in and like yeah. I had, uh, lucky enough the school was understanding about it mm-hmm. but um like they were like, well they understand it as much as they no one in the school had Crohn's before so um yeah. I was the only one so um I didn't I don't necessarily speak about it to everybody like um mm. but it, it was one of those things I had to speak about if I needed to like I had to speak about why yeah. I wasn't going in why I needed like I did go in when I was in pain because I knew I was going to cut up anyway mm. because um that, that's what you do when you're at school <laughs> and I think I think being diagnosed at such a young age like yourself at 17 and me at 21 it's really scary because you think well what's the rest of my life going to look like you know for you you were in the middle of really important exams exams that kind of would maybe guide the path of your future or like your career or what you wanted to do and then for me it was it was very similar to be fair kind of doing exams and doing a course and trying to kind of path out my life and then this illness comes along and just completely knocks you off track because and you have no choice or say in the matter really because if I had a choice I'd have attended my whole year I mean I still did pretty well considering the circumstances but it's not the point like I'd rather have been there and I had to take quite a lot of time off and not everyone is understanding um although I must say the university was supportive but again in the sense of they'd never had anyone with the illness before so they were being guided by me and at the time I kind of wanted to be guided by somebody else I wanted someone else to tell me that it was okay to take time off but no one does that no. <laughs> not not at universities and school no they, they want you to go in don't they yeah 
yeah and I think that that is one of the hard things about being diagnosed so young and I think it, it depending on what your hobbies are as well it has a knock-on effect on those because I was like 21 loved going out I wanted to go out drinking with my friends and like that was something that I enjoyed doing um and Crohn's definitely got in the way of that whether it stopped me is like another question but the the comeback and the consequences that I would have from doing that it like it wasn't worth it really when I look back but it was either that or miss out I didn't want to miss out I felt like that was really unfair yeah it is like yeah as I say I did I just want to get it all done and one of my life was last year of school mm-hmm. I, was, I was in and like like I was in drama class as well and where I, I played multiple characters so I wasn't just one so me yeah. not being for that well they weren't very happy about that but I couldn't mm. be helped and I wouldn't go, I wouldn't say I was gone too long and then I was put on steroids first of all and then from there went on different kind of medications and then uh, and there you go. <laughs> but, what um, kind of medications were you on like what did you um, take I went on steroids and then um I, I was put on azathioprine um so I've yeah. been on azathioprine ever since which mm-hmm. um I don't like to be on because it just dampens my immune system a, very, a lot yeah um, I was on azathioprine for a while. Um, I was on it for a few years. So I was the same as you. I was put on steroids. And then after that, put on azathioprine. Um, and I was on that. It, to be honest, it wasn't really working for me. But at the same time, I kind of stayed on it. And I only got taken off it when I was when I was in hospital. But I, I wasn't a fan of it either, because especially in the context of COVID and being yeah. immune suppressed, that was not a very nice experience and it was also quite quite scary really to live through that and at times I could be quite careless about it and then other times I'd be really overprotective of myself and I could never quite find the balance between going out and enjoying my life and the reality of I'm actually really like vulnerable here so I need to be really careful so that that must have been hard and must continue to be really hard for you. Yeah, like, I don't like being on it because it just dampens my immune system. And then, like, when I say to get someone, like, like, there's cases where I go off because with azathioprine, I think you can take that to different, like, levels of the tablet. If it, and yeah. sometimes you go down and then sometimes I have to go up if my Crohn's is getting a bit bad. And, and I kind of, mm. and then he says, like, just in case I go on the flare, I'll just stay on it. So... I don't, it's, it'd be lovely I didn't go on it, but I am on that as well as vitamin D and B12 yeah. fatigue. And yeah. um, the first, um, well, I was on um, B12 injections, but um, like early COVID, just before COVID, and then I did go into tablet form because I'm not going to doctor surgeries as uh, because of COVID mm-hmm. as well. But uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I did, my first book by logic was um, infusions and it was infection map. Um, yeah. I was on that year. Um, but right. I, I, was, I was ready to go on my 10th infusion after the one that uh, last one I had, but the last one I had, I had a uh, had reaction to it. So um, I couldn't stay oh, on no. it. Um, and, uh, the reaction was that I, I went for like, cause before the actual, they do it, they do the, the loading doses and, um, that takes about 15 minutes and during that 15 minutes um, I felt really hot um, 
and uh, um and i just thought at first i thought it was just hot in the room or something like that and then all of a sudden i got really hot and then all hot enough that like, i thought my candle was gonna pop um oh my gosh um, and i was saying i'm hot and then and then I, I struggled to breathe a little bit and then um i need they give me oxygen um and then they had to had, had to stop it and then um they wow. and then they can they, they, they continued the infusion afterwards um which uh, I, I thought was crazy at the time, but um, yeah. but, but um, but they did it much slower because every time I went, they did a little bit faster because I was doing okay. But they, yeah. um, they, they, they did it. Um, they, I continued it, and then I, after that, I went on Humira, so Humira mm-hmm. injections, and I've been on that ever since. So I've been on that quite a while. Um, yeah. Uh, every two weeks, um, and yeah. I uh much preferred that than going to the hospital <laughs> yeah best what a scary experience though that sounds absolutely awful I bet you were proper panicked like I wouldn't have known what to do during that it just sounds so scary yeah it, it, it wasn't it wasn't nice like like it was, it's not not friendly experience so I think it has uh, like, no. antibodies against the, the drug as well so mm. I, I, know, I know people that have yeah. been on it a few years and they're like oh but um, I was I had a choice to even first before I had that infusion. I had a choice to go on Humira first, and then mm-hmm. I decided he, infusions just to I don't know, just felt like maybe better at the time. But but yeah. infu- but with Humira, um, it's been good. It's like there might right. be a few antibodies there and there, but not enough to stop the medication. But but yeah, mm-hmm. but um, does it but, work? Yeah, it works in a minute, but, yeah. uh, but uh, there are there has been a few incidents where it's gone everywhere, like the the injection <laughs> links and stuff. Yeah, well, obviously you have to do it yourself, don't you? So it's it's challenging, isn't it? I mean, uh, there was talks of me. So just before I'd gone into hospital, they were talking about putting me on, and I'm not even going to attempt to say it because I've never been able to get it right. But the biologic infusions, the one you were just talking about that you had a horrible reaction to, they were talking about starting me on that and kind of pretty much ditching the azathioprine because it just wasn't really working for me um but obviously now I've got my ostomy and they've removed like 40 centimeters of bowel so they've actually removed um my terminal ileum which is where my Crohn's was um and kind of areas around that um so I don't really know where I stand at the minute in terms of Crohn's and in terms of future treatment because obviously it doesn't go away so one mis- misconception a lot of people have is that if you have the infected area r- removed you don't have Crohn's disease anymore but obviously it just kind of comes back in a different place um so I really don't know where I stand at the minute with treatment and also what treatment I'd be on at the minute I'm not on anything which is a, a nice experience but also a little bit scary as well because I can still flare. I could still have a flare and it would be not good to have a flare and an ostomy at the same time. I just feel like that would be like a double whammy like that would just be awful. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Do you, do, you, do you, like, on top of like having like a stoma bag, do you, do you do take any like, like medication at all? Nothing, literally nothing. I mean, well, actually, yeah. So I have B12 injections still um and I have I just take a multivitamin I'm not on vitamin d at the minute but I know there's conversations about needing to kind of start that specifically 
Um, and that is it. That's all I take. I don't take azathioprine anymore, not on any steroids. Um, I've gone from kind of taking like what I used to call like an old purse. I used to have one of them um, tablet markers where it has the days of the week on because I just was getting that confused with the medication I had to take. I used to say, I'm like, I'm 24 going on 85. Hey, yeah, because there's so much that goes into it. So much you've got to take, whereas now I've got nothing. Um, and it is nice. But again, like there's... I feel like with Crohn's, there's always a double edge to it. Like if I'm not on any medication, that's a good thing. But I also get anxiety from that because I'm not on any medication and what's going to happen. I feel like sometimes Crohn's is a no-win situation, really. Yeah, it's uh, like, it's not nice, is it? Like, like, no. like with medication you have to take. Yeah. But, um, but yes, like, Maybe having a stoma is harder. I imagine it's hard having one at first. Like, um, like, like, like before you had one. Like, how 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 was you feeling like about having a stoma? Do you know what? I'd never had a conversation about it. Um, I suppose in my consultations, I'd always said, you know, when you get older, there's always a chance that you're gonna have to have surgery and you'll have to have a stoma bag. So, but in my head, I was like, okay, when I'm like forty nine, fifty then I might end up with a stoma bag. I never thought that I would be 25 um, with a stoma bag. And I think, I, I remember being told that I was getting one when the surgeon came down to see us and kind of scared me with how poorly I was. And then the stoma nurse came to see us to try and get me used to the idea. But she said, there's not really much work I can do in 24 hours. You're just going to find this really hard when you wake up. And I'm sorry about that. So I was like, okay, like I can't say no, there's nothing I can do. Like it's either this bag or I die. Like I know that sounds dramatic, but that was kind of the situation I was in. So I remember just waking up and the first thing that I did was like, right, I need to see this bag. Um, I've been home six weeks now. Um, I'm six weeks post-R and it's been really, really hard. Like just getting used to, I have like a new body, like with this bag. I, I said that at the beginning, I lost a lot of independence. Um, and I felt like I had to relearn how to wipe my ass again at 25. Because that's essentially what you're doing is like you've got a new ass on, you need to learn how to wipe it. It's really hard um, mentally and like logistically as well. Just getting used to that's really tough. And I think that is where like the ostomy communities came in for me because just seeing other young women who have one has been inspiring in itself because I felt like the only person on the planet under the age of 30 with one and that's just not true um, and just seeing how some girls kind of flaunted theirs and, and were really proud of theirs and I know we said at the beginning that that could go both ways it could make some people insecure or it could inspire other people but for me I found it really inspiring um, and it kind of encouraged me to to do the same I think I had I remember having a thought in my mind when I was in hospital, which said, I'm getting this bag no matter what. So I can either try and embrace it and make the best time of it as I possibly can, or I can actively hate every second of it. Um, but either way, it's not going to make, it's not going to change anything and it's not going to make anything any easier for me. That's when I decided that I was going to try and make like the best of it that I could really, which is like easier said than done sometimes. But I think I'm doing all right, really. Yeah, you're doing, you're you're doing good. Like talking about it today is good. Like like your first uh, po podcast as well, Lauren. So yeah, 
that's another thing get ticked off your list <laughs> i know yeah no it's really exciting like, i love to talk in general so any opportunity when you messaged me about it i was like well any opportunity to open my big mouth yes i'll do it i'll be there <laughs> <laughs> it's been a really nice chat Lauren because like it's been nice yeah. hearing about like your your crimes and like, I know this year's been tough but like hopefully um next year's a better year fingers crossed but no it's been great I've really enjoyed it thank you thanks for having me thank you and I, I, I hope you have a nice rest, rest of the day Lauren yes you too bye bye